0: alaykum wa rahmatullahi Bismillah Today we will be going over some of the stories mentioned in the 26th juz. Alhamdulillah, after today there's only a few more days or a few more ajza'a A few more days of Ramadan left. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to make us from those attain maximum reward during these last remaining
1: days. So that, Salaam Salaam alaykum. alaykum. Wa
0: alaykum alaykum wa barakatuh. How are you, Shaykhana? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm well. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Shaykhana, today we've got the 26th juz bi we'll be going over a few of the stories mentioned in this juz. Uh, what's interesting to mention is that would mean there's only five more nights left or five more days of Ramadan left, roughly. So Alhamdulillah, we've uh, managed to discuss quite a few stories, there's a few more days remaining. For all those who haven't, uh, you know, made the most of it, there's still time left, the most of Ramadan. And for those who have tried their best, you know, just a few more days, inshallah, try your best to try to push a bit harder. And inshallah, we will all get there. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us all the best reward. Ameen. Now we find in the 26th juz in Surah Al-Ahqaf, Allah jalla ala, he makes mention of the people of uh, Ad. He makes mention of a few stories. The first story we want to touch on is the story of the people of Ad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ أَخَعَادٍ إِذْ أَنْذَرَ قَوْمَهُ بِالْأَحْقَافِ
1: is it Ad or Madian? Or I think we, 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 we had said we would speak about, uh, what was the first story that we were going to speak about today? We said the cloud uh, that would come. Al-Bay'ah. Oh, uh, the, the, yes, yes, yes. That's the one. Yes, the uh, cloud. Akha'ah, yes. yes. When he warned his people in uh,
0: the place of Al-Ahqaf. Basically, these people didn't have rain and they thought that, uh, you know, they were they were warned of a punishment. And they waited, waited, waited. And they they thought that this punishment would never come. Eventually, when they saw a cloud, and then they thought rain would come. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَمَّا رَأَوْهُ عَارِضًا قَالُوا هَذَا When they saw this cloud, they thought that, you know what, finally rain has come and we are going to get rain. We are going to... Uh, you know, receive. As we know, with rain comes goodness. Allah subhanahu wa taala says that this was something you know they they didn't think about, and this actually was a punishment. <inaudible> Basically, this came as a punishment, and everything of this was destroyed. The only thing left you could see was their houses. I think what we take away from this is that sometimes the thing you hoped in the most. Well, the thing you ran after the most, actually brings about your downfall at times. Especially if somebody is, you know, in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, relying on other things, you know, putting your trust, putting your conviction fully in other things. So many times you find that those things that you worked hard for or hoped in, end up resulting in your downfall. Yes,
1: that, wallahi, that's a powerful, uh, you know, Reduction the subhanAllah, we sometimes make uh, we we expect something or we we want something, and uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala knows best, yes. You know, um Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, they said, they said, Come with the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bring it upon us if you are from amongst those who are truthful. And not long after. They say Uh, They said when they saw the cloud That this is a cloud that is going to rain upon us So on one hand They're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To bring the punishment And on the other hand When they see the cloud coming They're expecting rain and goodness So we shouldn't expect other than that which we've been asking for. So if we've been asking for something, then expect that to come. So never make a bad dua, never make an uh, evil dua for yourself or those who are uh, around you, the the close people to you. Don't make a bad dua for them, especially when it comes to your children. Don't make an evil or bad dua because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if he accepts that, uh, then that is what you will receive and that is what will come down. These people were asking for the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when the punishment came, they thought there was goodness coming. So don't expect different, something different to come, uh, you know, if you've asked for something evil or bad.
0: It's what's amazing also in other verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions how certain people telling the Anbiya, they said, you know what, oh Allah, if this is true, then make it rain down stones from the heaven or show us the punishment. You know, when that punishment comes, sometimes people may not say it in that context. They may, they may not ask directly for the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you find people end up saying things like, you know, if you're debating, if I'm wrong in this, uh, may I die in an accident? Or may this happen to me? May this happen to me? Don't, uh, you know, say things that uh, you would regret later on. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Allah then speaks about the story of the jinn. What's interesting to note is that these jinn, they, as we know, the jinn are like a a race on their own. So there's good from amongst them, bad from amongst them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning jinn who heard the Qur'an, who listened to the Qur'an and who went back to warn their people. So Allah Jalla says, صَرَفْنَا إِلَيْكَ نَفْرًا مِّنَ الْجِنِّ يَسْتَمِعُونَ الفرآن. Basically, as Muhammad Sallallahu was reciting the Quran, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said there were some jinn who went or approached and they began to listen to this Quran. When they became present, they were able to hear this Quran. They told one another to keep quiet and basically let's listen up. And after that, they listened to the message of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, the word of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. They then went back to their people to warn them. There's a lot we can take from this. Look at how the jinn, when listening to the Quran, immediately they tell one another, let's keep quiet, let's try and listen. We might get something beneficial. Another thing we take, the little benefit they took when they went back home or when they went back to wherever they went to, their people who were not there, they then start to tell them, ya inna sami'na kitaban unzila min Musa. basically, we've heard a book uh, similar or Another book revealed after Musa, السلام, and it calls towards goodness, etc., etc. Basically, you know, uh, respond to the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another point that stands out for me here is you know, you carry on doing your good, the little good you're doing you carry on doing it, you don't know who will pick it up. Here, Rasulullah is reciting and the jinn are listening and benefiting from his message and then they are going to give it elsewhere. You know, sometimes you leave, uh, whether it's on social media, you leave a post or a book you have, you leave it in a library, you're traveling somewhere, you give somebody a good word. The way you you hold yourself the way you present yourself the way you carry yourself your character your conduct as a muslim somebody might not say that oh this uh, had an effect on me or i noticed this in you know it may they may be quiet but you don't know what
1: impact it's had on that person's life wallahi so true so true subhanallah uh the fact that you know a person leaves something and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who will take it forth And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who will uh, ensure that it gets to where it needs to get to uh, That that shows us the power of intention also You know, uh, the fact that this person, you've done it with a sincere intention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take it to places where you wouldn't even uh, imagine So that that's a powerful extraction Seeing that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa sallam According to some of the uh, mufassirin from what I've read Is that he... He wasn't even aware at the time that the jinn were there Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him That they had listened to you and they heard what you had to say So subhanallah, he, he he didn't even know or he wasn't aware Of the fact that they were taking this message And they were spreading it amongst themselves Until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed him of it So that that's a powerful uh, point there subhanallah I didn't even uh, think of that angle uh, You know, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these jinn had come to uh, listen to the Quran. Now, the thing is that they, they, it is said that the reason why they came to search and to see what was going on on earth was because they had been prevented from the heavens so they weren't allowed to go and steal information you know allah subhanahu wa taala would allow them to take certain parts of information they were they, they weren't pelted by by the stars etc the shooting stars so now all of a sudden all of a sudden when they went they would find these shooting stars that were pelting them and they couldn't receive any information you know steal bits and bobs of information and take it down to the people on earth. So they now started looking for the reason why they had been prevented from doing this. And they came across Rasulullah Now, the reason why they went out was evil and it was bad. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when they heard the Qur'an, they found it so amaz- amazing that they went back to the people and they said, inna sami'na and ajaba. We heard an amazing Qur'an. So this is the impact that it had on their lives. Of course, they were evil uh, before that. They they had gone and you know to the heavens stealing information, doing all sorts of mischief, causing corruption in the land. And they hear the Quran. It impacts them so much that it changes their life around altogether. They go back to their people and give them dawah. You know, come to the. Uh, worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala respond to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the impact of the Quran is amazing and we should never underestimate that. Uh, The fact that we can change our entire lives with this Quran is something that is definitely a given. Amazing point. You know, whether you ponder over the Quran,
0: reflect over the Quran, learn its meaning, learn how to recite it, begin your day with it. There's so much, so much you can take and benefit from this, uh, from the Qur'an, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no doubt it is a miracle, the one who really goes over it, ponder over it. You know, just the other day I was sitting thinking about, you know, the Qur'an as a whole, you can look at it, detail, detail, every word. You can look at it in terms of verses. You can look at it in terms of stories. You can look at it as a whole from far. You know, everything is mentioned in there. Start from, you know, Surah Al-Fatiha, for example. You've got the seven topics mentioned throughout the Qur'an in Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Baqarah, at the beginning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning different people and how they behave. In other, other verses, he speaks about stories. In other verses, he speaks about uh, business transactions. In other verses, he speaks about worshipping him alone. other verses, he speaks about the heart and its purification. Everything in this book, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not prevent us from benefiting from this
1: Qur'an, the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, I mean, 100%. You know, uh, sometimes I wonder how the people who have never been exposed with it live their lives, uh, because you know, it's always been something where I find peace and solace uh, in this Qur'an. So, subhanAllah when I'm feeling, you know, if you're feeling a bit down, some of the days you, you pick up the Qur'an, you read, and you, you feel elated, literally, after you finish that session. And uh, sometimes I wonder that, how do the people live without it, you know? You know, another amazing thing is that, you know, so
0: many people, they accept Islam without knowing any any Arabic, just listening to a recitation. Other people, they read through the English, and as you know, when you go through the English, it's just a brief translation. If you're reading like a In the smaller tafasir in Arabic or the longer tafasir, what the mufassirin mentioned, you find what's here and what's there. But even though that is just brief and in English and maybe even, you know, sometimes the English language, the way it's translated is a high level of English, etc. It's it's a bit tough on the tongue to read at times. I'm talking about the translation, the person who's translated it, there's different translations. And you still find people from there, they'll tell you that, you know what, I read this few pages later, it, it struck my heart. It's something different. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most definitely has given us a gift, and that is the Qur'an. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the ability to make the most of
1: it. I mean, 100%. You know, one uh, last thing that I just thought of now is sometimes you, you're going through it and there's a situation in your life, and you're going through that particular situation, and you find guidance, literal guidance for your particular situation you know it fits in perfectly not that it was meant for you specifically uh you know or revealed for you specifically but it's so general allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it such that it fits into your life sometimes and um you know there was a brother who was talking about uh, something that was happening to him recently and he says you know i was about to give a bribe to someone and i read the verse." وتدلوا بها إلى الحكام لتأكلوا فريقا من that you know and you 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 literally gain a path to the to the authorities right the, to eat the wealth of the people you know try and uh, rub shoulders with them so to speak to eat the wealth of the people so he says Wallahi for me that was Literally staring me in the face That how can you give this How can you take You know you can't engage in, in bribery And he says it stopped me uh, Subhanallah he, he lost a lot as a, as a result He lost out on a lot of wealth That he could have potentially made But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will replace it But the, the point is that uh, the, the fact that it fitted into his life so perfectly And he says that you know I'm reading the verses of uh, the verses of Ramadan and it's Ramadan. The context is Ramadan. All of a sudden, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about this. And it uh, it just shocked me. And I said, subhanAllah, you know, that's a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for you. That, you know, leave this. Just leave it completely. There's no point uh, for you. We we can't say 100% that's a sign or not a sign. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. It seems to us like as if uh, it is. Yes, and, uh, you know, building on to what you
0: mentioned, The Qur'an, yes, there is the recitation. So you try to read whatever you read, whatever is easy for you in the day, whether it's one one page, one juz, a few ajza, whatever is easy for you. But that's your recitation. Then number two, try to find you know, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, the meaning. Number three, try and reflect over the verse. Even if it's one verse, try and put it into practice. So where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for example, uh, in in the creation of the heavens and the earth signs for those he also speaks about those who make vicar whether they are sitting or standing or lying down uh, and sometimes you find that verse at a time especially when you're going through a difficulty as you mentioned you find that verse that sticks out for you or that's staring you in the face you know and you find that comfort then repeat it repeat it repeat it the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but the verse into when, when we mentioned it in the seventh juice, we find that he he reads the verse and he goes over it again and he goes over it again it's so much so it said literally till like fajr time the whole night he's going over one verse and he's crying. Sallallahu Alaihi wasallam. So mm-hmm. sometimes you find that verse and you find that it hits a place you've got a sickness or something that's hurting you in your heart. Maybe you want forgiveness. Maybe you know you need something else. And you find that verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, talking about forgiveness, and it touches you. Repeat the verse, repeat the verse, repeat the verse. As Ibn al Qayyim and others mentioned, that sometimes you find that medicine and then you carry on, you're putting the cure on your heart, and you carry on and on and on. And uh, you know, we can carry on talking about the chef. Is there anything else you'd like to mention before we go on to the next uh, story? Inshallah, let's move on. Moving on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions. A few other stories. Thereafter, we get to Surah al In Surah al fath Allah Jalla makes mention of uh, Bay'at al-Ridwan. Bay'at al-Ridwan was well, basically al fath A lot of people, as Ibn Mas'ur, anhu, says that he tells the Tabi'in after, you people count this Fatḥ or this conquest as you know the conquest of Makkah, the victory of Makkah. But we counted it as Sulh al hudaybiyah Basically, a few years before that, the Muslims wanted to go for Umrah. The Messenger, وسلم, went out with the Sahaba, radiyallahu They wanted to make Umrah. They didn't come, you know, with any intention to fight or do anything wrong. However, the Quraysh at the time didn't want them to enter. So they stayed a bit far out. And Uthman, radiyallahu was sent into Mecca, you know, to speak to Quraysh, tell him, you know, we're not here to do anything besides make Umrah. Eventually, a rumor arrives that Uthman is killed. So Rasulullah sallallahu calls, you know, on the Sahaba and they all pledge allegiance to him. All this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it and it occurred under a tree. Basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is happy with all those who gave their bay'ah to the messenger sallallahu and this occurred under a tree. I think what always stood out for me at this verse is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that tree. You know, sometimes if we look at this, this is one of the greatest gatherings in Islam. The Sahaba, anhum, the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he is happy with the people who gave bay'ah to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa and this was under a tree. So sometimes in life, or in fact in life, you don't have to have, you know, the best hall or the best facility or the best one of the best gatherings, if not the best gathering in Islam occurred under a tree. So don't look at all the resources. We're not saying don't have them, but it's not it's not everything. So Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala speaks about it and he specifically
1: mentions that tree. What a powerful point, subhanAllah. What a powerful point. Something that we can really Uh, learn from because uh, especially in today's uh, world where people are having extravagant weddings to the point where uh, they can't afford it they're in debt for years afterwards uh, solely because they wanted to have the best of weddings in the best of halls hey hold on you don't have to have that look at something like this where one of the we could say the greatest events one one of them Uh, Happened under a tree. Subhanallah. So that's a powerful point there. Uh, I think people can really uh, benefit from that and learn from that. You know, there was so much barakah from that. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying that Allah is happy with the believers. So perhaps if you are simple and you remain simple in your ways and you want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, do according to your means. If you have, alhamdulillah, do. Why not? If you don't have, then, then, then don't uh, engage in it. You know, don't go into debt, etc. Just to, uh, you know, please other people or to to put up a show. There's no if Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is happy with you, then that's enough. Yes. Yes. So the, the the point that I wanted to mention is Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, fi qulūbihim." So He knows what is uh, within their hearts, uh, and that's something that we can ponder over. That you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the heart. And uh, ultimately, this is where the intention comes from and where a person you know uh, thinks or, or intends to do something from. So if your intention is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he sees it and he knows it. Even though the people may not know it, the people may not see it, uh, don't worry about what they know and they see. Worry about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. And ultimately... He will reward you based on that intention. So I think it's important for us to, to see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and he knew. So he knew that which were that were that which was within their hearts. Uh, so if we have a sincere intention and we go out there and we do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if you don't get recognition from the people or thanks or gratitude, you know that with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're clean and this is what you wanted. Uh, You wanted a reward from him and none other. Yes,
0: ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who knows what's in everybody's heart and their intention and you will be rewarded or punished. May Allah save us according to your intention. Moving on, we find on the last page of this juz, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes brief mention of the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam. We've mentioned the story Many times in many previous sessions, the, the part we want to touch on today is when these angels came to Ibrahim, السلام, Allah Jalla says, إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ فَجَاءَ بِعِجْلٍ سَمِينٍ So he went, you know, to his family and then he came back with a calf. سَمِين, literally a healthy and fat calf. It had a lot of meat so they could eat. faragha this word means that, you know, somebody who goes but quietly, so look at how Ibrahim salam, a host, he doesn't go and tell the guests, you know, sometimes people tell you, they don't want to give you, but they tell you, you know, we can bring this for you and we can bring this for you. And they're just waiting for you to say, no, don't bring that, don't bring that. There's a bit of back and forth and they sit down. Ibrahim a.s., look at how hospitable he was. He didn't tell them, oh, we'll bring you this. And he he slipped away. He got what he needed to, and he came back. Another important point is Ibrahim a.s. as host, here, he himself is serving his guests. And I think that's something we can learn from, you know, try it at times. Yes, sometimes it's not always possible or you have, uh, you know, children helping you, family helping you. But sometimes there's, in fact, there's a lot of goodness where you yourself can get up, you know, whether it's pour some tea or give somebody something. There's a lot of goodness in that. And that's following the Anbiya, alayhim as was
1: Absolutely solid point, Wallahi, uh, that's so true. Uh, look at this Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the manner in which he also is hospitable. He's amazing. Not only is he hospitable, but the manner in which he is is absolutely amazing. You know, it's something, it's something interesting. He says, salamun That you are a people that are unknown. Yet he, you know, he went out of his way for them. And I think uh, I've spoken about this before, but subhanAllah, for me, that's something that really stands out. Look at him. He brings a calf for them and a, a fat calf, you know, a healthy calf. He brings it forth and this is what he uh, puts for people that he doesn't even know. And it is said that, you know, Ibrahim a.s. was known for his hospitality and being good towards others, uh, you know, entertaining guests, etc. So this is just a clear display of how he was to even strangers and this is what we can learn from From this. We can learn that, you know, you don't have to be bad or, or evil to strangers. Try and be good towards them. Try and uh, treat them well. Be hospitable to them. Uh, sometimes you see a person who's desperately in need and uh, you, you can help that person even though you don't really know them. You don't have to know them to help them. So Ibrahim wasalam was definitely uh, an abiyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some, someone we can learn from. Yes, uh,
0: subhanAllah. Uh, you know, speaking about guests and speaking about, you know, when you somebody comes to your house, I think there's a lot of uh, in-depth information, or we can mention it in a bit more detail. Sometimes people, you know, yes, it's good, you must be hospitable, you try your best, you give what you can, but going over the limit, sometimes you get into debt just to put on a show, or you're trying to get about, you know, 20 different types of food. And it's not in your means, it's not in your capacity, capability, you're burdening one person. Then we need to strike a balance there. Another thing, sometimes, yes, you go to somebody's house and, you know, sometimes you're in a rush or you want to go somewhere quickly. You've only popped in for five, ten minutes. You need to move. And they say, you know what, tea is coming and then dinner is coming and then dessert is coming. And so I think there has to be that balance also. Yes, try and be hospitable, but sometimes somebody can't make it or you know they can't sit for so long and you've got to
1: excuse them. Yes, absolutely, wallahi. There's different uh, aspects of this as well. Sometimes hospitality ends up becoming uh, a burden on others, you know. So so it can be looked at from various angles. I think there there's so many angles that we need to cover, like you mentioned, you know, in order to uh, make sure that you know, according to the circumstance and situation. Not every time should you insist and try to be too, uh, too hospital, hospitable.
0: Yes, it's a complete a complete topic. What we learned from the story of Ibrahim alayhis salam. If you are host, then it's good to be generous. It's good to you know give things you have that are good, even to strangers. You know, uh, be hospitable and be kind to them. Give them something to eat if you are able to. And that's the lesson we take as for, you know, dhyatha, as a whole being a host or having a guest come over then That is a topic, inshallah, we probably cover it in the future. You know, all the different aspects. When is it, you know, good to tell a person to come and let them sit? And when it's, uh, you know, you're supposed to allow this person, give him his excuse and let him
1: go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shefana, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, not really, but someone is saying they're feeling hungry. <laughs> may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them ease. You know, this is some a time where when we're feeling hungry, we can definitely remember the poor as well. So uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feed the poor and grant them, uh, you know, satiety, so to speak, from that hunger. Ameen. Ameen. Ameen.
0: Shaykhana, inshallah, we meet you tomorrow, b'ithunillah, with the 27th Juice remaining inshallah and a few days of ramadan remaining inshallah inshallah JazakAllah and assalamu alaykum wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh